We're in John chapter 5. We'll be looking at verses 31 through 47, but in John 1, 11, John the disciple, not John the Baptist, but John the disciple, uh, writes of Jesus. And he says, he, speaking of Jesus, came to his own and his own did not receive him. Then we have John the Baptist. And he speaks of his singular mission, his purpose in life. He has one singular ministry. And he's to be the forerunner of Christ. The religious leaders have sent priests and Levites to John the Baptist out in the wilderness and they've asked him, who are you? And John confessed, I'm not the Christ, I'm not Elijah the prophet, and I'm not the prophet that Moses spoke of. And John declared, I am, however, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Well, this does not satisfy the this priest or the Levites, and they want to know, well, if you're not the Christ, why do you baptize? And he says, I baptize with water. But there's one that stands among you whom you do not know, and he's preferred before me, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Then the very next day, we hear John declare when he sees Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this is Jesus, the Son of God. So the forerunner of Jesus, he declares who, John declares who Jesus is. So let's pick up in verse 31 through 36 of chapter 5 of John. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Jesus here in verse 31 declares, if my witness is of myself and I am declaring who I am in and of by myself, then my witness is not valid. He said, but John the Baptist bore witness of me and who I am, and his witness is true. And he said, and for a little while you were convinced that John's witness was true. But John is a man, and man's testimony is not always true. However, John's testimony was true. And then he says, there's a greater witness than that of John. 
And that is the miraculous works that I do, which God the Father has given me to do and to finish. He says, my works bear witness of who I am. <clears throat> the works of Jesus verify that God the Father has sent him and empowered him. The works of Jesus shows that God the Father is Almighty God and that he's a compassionate God. Now Jesus has just healed a man that has been infirmed for 38 years and this man has been lying by the pool of Bethesda in a handicapped way for many years. And all the religious leaders can see, all they notice is this man taking up his bed and walking on the Sabbath. They totally miss that he's been healed or don't want to acknowledge it. And Jesus, doing a work of God, and then he tells the man to take up his bed and walk. And this infuriates the Jews. Even the man that's been healed puts the blame on Jesus for him carrying his bed or working on the Sabbath. We have a little saying, a little axiom, that uh, we can't see the forest for the trees. And that is definitely true of the Jewish leaders in Jesus' day. But way back in the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam one solitary command. Do not eat of the tree of knowledge. And Satan, in the form of the serpent, with his cunning lies, he goes to Eve and he persuades her to eat of the tree that is forbidden. Eve, in turn, gives to Adam, and Adam also eats of the tree of knowledge. But after they eat, their eyes are opened, and they knew they were naked. And they cover their nakedness with fig leaves, and then they hide from God. They hide from the very presence of God. And God calls out to Adam, where are you? He did not call out to Adam and Eve. He called out to Adam. Because God's command went to Adam not to eat. Adam answers God, I heard your voice and I was afraid. I was naked and I hid myself. And then God asks Adam, who told you that you were naked? And then God asks the great question, Have you eaten from the tree that I told you not to eat from? And God knows that they have eaten. But notice what Adam's reply was. The woman whom you gave me to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Adam, in his excuse to God, it's your fault, God. It's your fault and the woman. And it's 
astounding that the blindness of Adam is so obvious. God commanded Adam not to eat of the tree of knowledge. Adam breaks that command that God himself gave to him. And then Adam blames God and Eve. Wow. I heard a little story and it goes like this. It's like a man who's on trial for killing his parents. And then he throws himself on the mercy of the court as an orphan when he's the one that has done it. Back to Jesus' proclamation of his works being a witness as to who he is. The Jews, they cannot see the good work that Jesus did in healing this man that has been infirmed 38 years. They only see Jesus breaking what they consider the Sabbath laws. But you know, God is not bound or limited in his works by man's opinion. And aren't we glad? Because man's interpretation of the law is completely flawed. In this healing of the man by the pool, Jesus purposely confronts their idea of the Sabbath laws. Jesus knows it's going to make them mad. He knows they're going to have questions. He knows they're going to get all upset. And he heals the infirm man and he tells him, take up your bed and walk. And do it today on the Sabbath. And this work by Jesus confirms, it bears witness that God has sent him. So we have the witness of John the Baptist. We have the witness of uh, the miraculous works done in the power of God the Father. But now we're going to read about the witness of God the Father. And that's in verses 37 through 40. <clears throat> and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent you have not believed. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are the very ones that testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. What a condemnation. The first question that comes to my mind is, why does Jesus take time to confront these Jewish leaders of who he is, citing his works, citing John the Baptist, and now he goes to God the Father. Why does Jesus bother to come to these unbelievers whose hard hearts or against him. Jesus has a claim against these Jewish leaders. And he speaks of God the Father. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor have you seen his image. And he says, and by the way, God's word does not abide in you. 
the scriptures they search, they're oblivious to what they really say. Many of the Jewish people refused to believe in Jesus, who God sent to them. But back to the question of Jesus. Why does Jesus continue to testify to these unbelievers? First, these Jews have God's spoken word as a witness against them. Perhaps a few of these Jews will allow the Holy Spirit to work on their heart, convince them of the truth of who Jesus is. And when these unbelievers ponder, when they think about Jesus' word, perhaps some of them will turn from unbelief to believing. Jesus is letting his words percolate in their hearts. And if for no other reason, Jesus is witnessing of who he is to an unbelieving group. These Jewish leaders can never say we were not aware of who Jesus claimed to be because Jesus has told them plainly who he is. There's a verse spoken of by Jesus of their unbelief. And he's talking to these Jewish leaders and he says, you love the praises of men over and above the truth of God. It was more important to you to be popular and looked upon as a, a rabbi or a leader than it was to know the truth. And we have many people who reject Jesus as God. And one of the reasons they reject Jesus as God, if they believe in Jesus, it will require a change in their lifestyle. You can't say you believe in Jesus and go completely contrary to what he teaches. We have many, many men of science, many unbelievers who refuse to admit Jesus is Lord or Creator. For if they admit Jesus is Lord and Creator, then the next step in that logic is then I have to give him allegiance as my Creator. This could be one of the reasons that evolution is so popular. In verses 39 and 40, Jesus condemns these Jewish scribes and these priests. And he says, you search the scriptures. And you search the scriptures looking, trying to find. You're like a bloodhound that's on a track that's sent something else. And you're trying to find eternal life. And for these Jewish scribes and Pharisees and priests, their life was spent searching the scriptures but they missed the glaring truth the obvious truth that the scriptures testify of Jesus and you're not willing to see he's speaking to the Jews or comprehend scripture and therefore receive life and you can receive life from me 
but you refuse to believe me. And you refuse to see that scripture is written about me. The simple act of believing. When I become believing, it changes my eternity. I go from being condemned to having life simply by an act of believing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll go with that. In John uh, five forty-one through 47, we hear Jesus continue. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from only God? Do you think that I shall accuse you to the Father? There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? We have Jesus here setting the record absolutely straight. He says, I know mankind. I know you Jewish leaders. And understand my purpose in life. It does not hinge upon your acceptance of me. I do not say and do the things I do in the hopes that you will turn. I know who I am and I declare to you who I am. And he knows these men and he knows the love of God is not in them. What a condemnation. These men, many of them are priests and Levites. And a priest or a Levite was to be a uh, that mediator between God and man. That was their responsibility. And they failed completely in showing God's love towards ordinary common man. As a pastor, if I fail to demonstrate God's love, then I'm a failure. I'm to be an exhibit of God's love. And so are you. God calls us to that. We are to be known for our love to God and for one another. That's to be uh, our identification. Jesus continues, I come in my Father's name, but you do not receive me or believe in me. And listen to these words of Jesus. When another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Jesus is prophesying, he's foretelling of a time when the Antichrist will come on the scene and the Jewish people will receive this man of iniquity. And the reason for their acceptance... To accept this man of perdition is they seek the approval of one another. They seek to be men pleasers. 
And the Antichrist, he will charm the Jewish people. He will charm the whole world, in fact. And they will seek to honor him. He will have answers to the solutions of the world. Most of the mega churches, many of them anyway, are very entertaining. They're very popular among men. Here's the question, though. Some do and some don't. Do they honor God's word as truth? Jesus is speaking to the Jewish leaders, and he's telling them a truth. The one who will accuse you before God is not me. It will be Moses. Moses, the lawgiver. Moses, in whom you trust and boast of. He will be your judge. For Moses wrote about me, Jesus speaking of himself, and if you believe Moses, you would have believed me. However, you do not believe Moses, and you don't believe his writings, and therefore you do not believe my words. And this is perhaps the sharpest rebuke of Jesus to the religious leaders of his day. And he's telling them outright that he is God. He's the son of God. And he's telling them that Moses, whom they trust in as the lawgiver, will be their judge. So, all of that being said, we must be careful to know why we believe what we believe. That's why we're to be students of the scriptures. We're to be students of the word of God. We're to have it in our heart. We're to meditate on it. We're to live it out. And these Jewish leaders of Jesus' day could not accept him. And you wonder why. Why couldn't they see the truth? Why were they so blind to the Son of God that stood before them and declared who he was? It's a good question. But we have the truth. Let us flourish. Let us walk in the truth. Let us be students of the word of God. Amen. Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer.